This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Let's give our Jesus all the praise. He is King. He is Lord. And we exalt you, Lord. We want you to know we love you. Hallelujah. Well, good evening, family. Everybody well and blessed, full of the Lord. Amen. How you came expecting tonight. Thank God that we are a church that is united around the world. We want to thank God for our visionary pastors, Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Vormerans. We thank God that God had called them. I know that many of us, we wouldn't even know where we would be today if it wasn't that we found the life of God here at Christian Family Church because they preach the word uncompromised in the way you need to hear it. And so we're all following after that. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus praise for our pastors. Hallelujah. And I have a little fold back on my monitors, please. You ready for the word tonight? Father, we thank you. We've come expectant. We've come ready to hear from heaven. And we know that your word transforms us. We renew our minds to your word. We receive understanding that clears out all confusion. As we receive your word by faith, we know that that word causes faith to rise and dispels every form of fear. As minds are renewed to your word, understanding replaces confusion. I thank you that each and every person here today is transformed from glory to glory. For this we give you alone the praise and honor in the name of Jesus. Family, if you're ready to receive, would you shout amen? amen. Praise God as you're seated. Open your Bible at John chapter 16. How you were here last night or this morning, we began having a look how we can have victory over tribulation and persecution. And if you were not here, I really want to encourage you to get a hold of that message. Can I please have more fallback on the platform? I really need to hear myself up here. Thank you. John chapter 16, verse 33, we see Jesus said, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Let me see how many of us here have experienced tribulation. How many of us have had persecution coming at us? Now, Jesus says these things are going to happen, but be of good cheer. Why? Because he's overcome the world. You come down to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. He says, you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So no matter what's come your way, Jesus has already overcome it. And the one who has overcome it is living in you. And that as a result, you can overcome them as well. It says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, whatever's born of God. Let me see how many of us are born of God. He says, if you're born of God, you overcome the world. Hallelujah. So Jesus overcomes the world. Him in you enables you to overcome the world. And he says, if you're born of God, you overcome the world. That means no matter what the world throws at you, you have already overcome it. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith. And so if we're struggling with battles and we're struggling with tribulation, we're struggling with persecution, the only way we're going to overcome that is by faith. Has everyone gone home already? And you say amen to that. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how many you know if Jesus has given us the ability to overcome, he's already told us how to do it. Come with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul writes to his disciple and he says in verse 10, 
you have carefully followed my doctrine, you carefully followed my manner of life, you watched my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, you've seen my love, my perseverance, the persecutions, and the afflictions which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured. So Paul is telling his disciple, Timothy, that he's seen that while he's preaching the gospel, all these things have come against him and attacked him. So he's, he's watched his doctrine, he's watched him preach, he's seen his love in action, but he's also seen all the attacks that have happened in his life. And he says in verse 12, Yes, and uh, you've seen the, what persecutions I endured, before we go to verse 12, verse 11, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Out of them all who delivered him? The Lord, lift your hand and say, the Lord delivers me out of everything. No matter what comes my way, God will deliver me. He says in verse 12, yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus. Everybody look up. Let me see how many of us desire to live godly in Christ Jesus. All right, keep, you got your hand up. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, obviously, some of you weren't here this morning or last night, because if you were here, you would have just now shouted in praise. Didn't Jesus say to us, when persecution comes, you blessed, and because you blessed, rather rejoice and be glad? Did Jesus say that? Did Jesus say that? Well, then let's obey him. I just said, if you desire to live godly, persecution will come. He said, when tribulation says, be of good cheer. That means trouble's coming, get excited. Why? It's promotion time. I said, it's promotion time. Have you ready to be blessed? All right, so the road to the hundredfold is through the field of persecution. Oh, we didn't say too many hallelujah. I said the road to your hundredfold is through the field of persecution. So the sooner persecution shows up, the quicker you get to your destination. Hallelujah. Amen. Notice what he says here, verse 13. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you, but you, bump your neighbor, say that means you. Bump them back and they say it means also you. You must continue in the things which you have learned. Continue in the things 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 you have learned. And being assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. That from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Family of God, when we learn these things, we must do them. I said, when we learn them, we must do them. So very quickly, I'm going to go through seven points that I believe are going to help you to be unoffendable. How many remember this morning we learned that tribulation, persecution comes for the word's sake, and those that are not rooted and grounded will be offended. Well, we've made a choice to not be offended. How many you made that choice last night and this morning? Say, I refuse to be offended. If you weren't here, just join us anyway. Say, I refuse to be offended. 
Say this, I am unoffendable. I'm unoffendable. I'm like Teflon, man. Offense comes, it runs off me. It doesn't stick. And you say amen. It's, it's, it is a choice. I said it is a choice. Okay, I can still hear the gears grinding. No, no, Pastor, and you don't understand what I'm going through. No, it is a choice. I'm going to give you seven things that are going to help you make the choice easier. Amen? Now, there might be eight, nine, and ten that you can find, but these are just seven so we can get done before tonight. Amen? So, number one, pray for those who have hurt you. Pray. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, you've said it, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, what's he talking about? You see, God is love, isn't he? So when he gives his law, he establishes the same law in the old covenant, now was given by the same God of love, where Jesus said that, when you come to God, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He came that you may have life and have life more abundantly. But the problem is men in their natural ability read the law and interpreted that they were the chosen Israel. Everybody else had to be hated. That was a human choice. And so that had been taught. He said, you've heard it said. And he says, but I say to you, I say to you, love your enemies. Oh, come on. Everybody say love. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Now, family of God, come on now. If you have to do good to those who hate you, you're going to have to see them. You're going to have to get close to them. Isn't that right? Uh, people say, you know, I, I've forgiven, but, you know, I can't forget. Uh, but I, I have forgiven them, just, you know, I don't have to be around them. No, then that person technically hasn't forgiven. Because when you forgive God's way, you're going to be able to sit with that person and have a conversation. We will all get up to speed just now. Just say amen by faith in the meantime. And he says yeah. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for those. Pray. Now, family God, you know when Jesus says pray, he doesn't mean that quick little thing you do in your car before you go to work. He's talking about interceding. He's talking about laying down time to pray for them. Pull aside, spend 10, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I don't care how long it takes, but you need to pray for that person. Not pray about them. Pray for them. There is a difference. Amen. That's not the time you tell God everything they've done. Because God did see it. So you're not surprising and informing him. No, you are now praying for that person. You're praying for God to bless them. You're praying for God to increase them. You're praying for God to speak to them. See, he says in verse 45, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Huh? Say that again, Jesus. He says you must pray and bless those who hurt you so that you may be sons of your Father. 
That tells me if someone doesn't pray for the enemy, they're really not sons. Ooh. Isn't that what Jesus said? Pray that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for He makes His Son rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. You see, God doesn't hold things against people. Can you imagine if God got upset with someone and never says, I'm never going to see you again? No, He says, I'm still going to bless you. I'm still going to make sure your life is happy. I'm still going to make sure you, because He's always keeping the road open for that person to come home. He wants them to know that He is good. Even when they've been ugly, He is still good. He wants them to come home. You see, family of God, that's why I cannot afford to have offense with anybody. Because if my offense drives them away from God and they go to hell, I'm the one that put the block in the way. I need to make sure that as far as I'm concerned, they need to know that no matter what has happened, if they need to come back to Jesus, they can come straight to me because I will not hold anything against them. Come on, can you say amen? And he says here, verse 46, If you love those who love you, what reward have you? Don't even the tax collectors do the same. Now the tax collectors were known as the worst sinners of the time. And he says, listen, they love people who love them. So what makes that easy to do? It says in verse 47, If you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even tax collectors do so. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Wow. Wow. I've, had some, I've spoken to people and when they, they're getting offended and they're getting upset, I said, come on, you've you got to release it. And they said, don't you ever get angry? I said, no. I, look, I'm tempted, but I refuse to be offended. It's all possible. And you're just so perfect. No, you, you don't even have to be perfect like me. I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm growing. But he does say, be perfect as your father is perfect. Now that word perfect means to mature, to develop, to be complete. I like the way the message translation puts Matthew chapter 5 verse 48. Listen to this. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. <laughs> Bump your name and say, it's time to grow up, man. And he says, you are now kingdom subjects. Now live like it. That's where I love what Apostle Theo says. Let's act like the Bible's true. Because it is. Amen. Let's live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. So number one is pray for those who hurt you. Number two, be rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. Remember we saw in Mark chapter 4 verse 17 in the King James Version that those who receive the word with gladness, they have no root in themselves. They have no root in themselves and so they endure but for a time. Afterward when affliction or persecution arises for words, they immediately they are offended. So the reason people get offended is because they have no root. And what is the root? Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you be rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. Lift your hand and say, I am rooted and grounded in love. That means love, the Father, is in me. Love is in me. I'm in love. And therefore, I'm born of love. Therefore, I am love. 
So this morning we had a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from the Amplified, and I read it to you, but tonight I want you to read it with me. We're going to make it a confession over ourselves. Wherever you see love, you're going to say, me, I am. Are you ready? All right, we're going to put it up for you, so let's read this together. Now say this with me. This is 1 Corinthians 13 verse, verse 4. Say, love, that's God, is in me. I am love, born of love, therefore... I endure long, I am patient, I am kind, I am never envious, I don't boil over with jealousy, I'm not boastful or vainglorious, I don't display myself haughtily, I am not arrogant, I'm not conceited, I'm not inflated with pride, I am not rude or unmannerly, I don't act unbecomingly. People are getting slower and slower here. We need to speak this loud and confidently. Amen. Say love. That's God's love in me. That's mean I do not insist on my own rights. I don't insist on my own way. I'm not self-seeking. I'm not selfish. I'm not touchy. I'm not fretful or resentful. I take no account of an evil done to me. I pay no attention to a suffered wrong. I don't rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but I rejoice when right and truth prevail. I bear up under anything and everything that comes. I'm ever ready to believe the best of every person. My hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. I endure everything without weakening. I never fail. Now, family of God, I give you an assignment for the next 21 days. Do exactly what we just did three times a day. The doctor has given you a prescription to be rooted and grounded in love. You say that three times a day for the next 21 days, you're going to find love come oozing out of you. Hallelujah. Then number three, make a quality decision to put it behind you. When someone has attacked you, it is horrible. It's not nice, but you're going to settle it in love. You're going to pray for them and then put it behind you Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 Paul says brethren I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing if you had one last question if you were with some great investor and he was about to die and you could ask him one question what would that question be what is the one question the man who wrote almost two-thirds of the New Testament had all revelation about, about righteousness and hearing the voice of God and what faith is and, and how grace works. And he saw all these things and wrote them out for us. But you got one thing to ask him. What's Paul? What's the one thing you've picked up? And he says, here it is. I forget the things which are behind. I reach forward to the things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What's he saying? My argument with you is too small. I got bigger things to focus on. 
I don't have time for these things to hold me back. I'm pressing towards a far greater goal. And what little things come along, it is a speed bump in my life. And let's just forgive it here. Let's forget it. Put it behind me. Draw a line and step over and never go back to it. Hallelujah. Therefore, verse 15, as many as are mature have this mind. Yeah. These are those that have grown up. How many of you believe you've grown up? There's a few, just, just some, some. The rest of us, by faith, let's grow up. How do we do it? Put the things behind. Number four, cast every care upon the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in time. How? Casting all your care upon Him. Why? He cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. The adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You are not the first person to have this problem. He was, but you just don't understand, Barsdale, and you don't know what I'm going through. I don't care if I don't understand your particular situation, but there is somebody who's had it worse than you. And so what is he saying? Resist the devil. You realize the attack is coming from the enemy, not from the person. Come on, you've got to get a hold of this. And so what am I going to do? I'm not going to carry the burden of this. I'm going to cast it onto you, Lord. This is your daughter. It's your son. I don't deal with it. I don't have to fix people. You fix them. I'm casting the care onto you. Amen. Number five, take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. Take 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Come on, family. Keep your marker here. What does it say in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. What's that talking about? Demons. And as soon as you have revelation that when an attack is coming to you, it is coming through people. But it's not the people who have a problem with you. They think they have a problem with you. And then they want, the devil wants you to think that they have a problem with you. And as long as he can keep you focused, they should know better. Like I once said to someone, come on, it's the devil working through them. Yeah, but they should know better. And I looked at the person and I said, oh, so you've never been used by the devil. Come on, how do you know there's times the devil's worked through you? Shouldn't you have known better? But it happened, isn't that right? I want mercy in my life, so I'm willing to give mercy. Come on, somebody. And so I recognize when someone comes against me, it may be in ignorance, it may even be intentional, but I realize it's not them that has a problem with me. It's the devil that has a problem with the word. And I've just, I made a choice. If someone comes to me and said, you are this and you know, I don't believe in what you preach. I said, well, just stop there. Go talk to the author. You're not, you're not offending me. Amen. So what must I do? Take every thought captive. Go back to 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war against 
according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Listen to this. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Every thought. Family God, how many of you realize, you know what it's like when you have a problem with someone, that's all you're thinking about. Isn't that right? You think, well, they shouldn't have said that. And, well, next time I see them, I've got to remember they said this. So I've got to say that. I'm going to answer this way. Yeah, but what if they say that? And, how dare they even think that? And I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that. But what's happening, as long as you're doing that, your mind is now captivated in this problem and you're not even open to hearing God's voice. You're not even open to meditating on Scripture. You're not even thinking about the next thing that God's leading you into. I know for myself. I mean, I'm supposed to be meditating on the Word for the weekend. But if I'm off, yeah, thinking about people, then what happens about the Word for the weekend? Come on, you're getting a hold of what I'm saying here? If we spend time giving our thoughts to other people, so what do I do? Whatever thought comes up, I say, no, I take that captive. Yeah, but remember what they did to you. No, I take that captive. I've rolled that onto the Lord. I, I, I refuse that to interfere with my thought life. I will not give. If I've rolled it on the Lord, I'm not taking it back with my thought life. And so I cast that thought onto the Lord. I take it captive. And if it's contrary to God's word, I punish it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And then what must you do? Number six, purposefully think holy thoughts. Purposefully think holy thoughts. Remember Philippians chapter 4 verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Now, if he says rejoice in the Lord always, that means while you've been persecuted or got trouble. That's part of always. And then when you think you're rejoicing, he says now again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue if there's anything praiseworthy meditate on these things meditate on these things what's meditate it's worry in reverse so when you start to think about that problem stop it because there's nothing praiseworthy in that when i start to tell somebody else if i come to you and tell you how much bob has hurt me bob it's not you here today this is just an illustration so if I tell you how Bob has hurt me, what am I doing? I'm now creating in your mind something against him. That's not praiseworthy. I need to meditate on the good things. And you say amen to that. Now notice verse 9. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. These do. These do. Family of God, how many of you believe you've received some keys tonight that you can use? This you must do. You just have to do it. Just do it. Yeah, but Pastor Daniel, just do it. Yeah, but you don't know. Just do it. Yeah, but the person, just do it. Just do it. 
Listen, if I have to use my whole ministry time just saying those two words, three words over and over, just do it, I will do it. Because, we, you know, it amazes me how people are, yeah, no, I will, I, you know, Monday, yeah, I'll, I'll start. You know, there's Pharaoh. I mean, Egypt is full of frogs. There's frogs all over. Uh, the place is packed with frogs. Can you imagine? Just frogs, frogs. I mean, when you talk about a lot of frogs, the Bible says there were frogs everywhere. Ever you walking, there's nowhere to walk. You, you, you're standing on frogs. There are frogs in your, in your house. There are frogs on your couch. You open your fridge and frogs pour out. And you think, you know, maybe if I go to bed and you pull back your duvet and there's frogs there. The place stinks with frogs that have been squished by other people. There's just frogs all over. So he comes to Moses and says, that's a take away the frogs. And Moses says, okay, I can take him away. You tell me when. And Pharaoh says, in the morning. I mean, come on. You know, well, there's Moses. He can lift his staff and it can disappear in one moment. And Pharaoh says, just please, one more night with the frogs. Family of God, when are we going to do these things? Let's get rid of it. Let's get over it. And let's grow up in the kingdom of God. How do you say amen? Now, how do you take thoughts? Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 in the King James. Jesus said, take no thought saying. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we clothe? He gave us a key there. If you want to take the right thought, you need to speak it. You need to speak it. And so as long as you're meditating on all the bad and the hurt that's happened and telling other people about it and just telling this one and telling that one, telling, I, I, just want, I just need to get it off my chest. Just get it off my chest. You shouldn't be trying to get it off your chest. You roll it on the Lord. You cast the care on the Lord. And then you start to bless and you start to talk praiseworthy things and you speak it out. Speak it out. Celebrate the goodness in that person. Celebrate what God has done in their lives. Bless them. Come on, say amen. amen. I had a couple come to me once, and, and, I'm, and I'm taught this thing, and you need to start, because the, the, the lady was being very negative about her husband. I said, you need to start speaking positively. She says, Pastor Allen, you don't understand. I mean, he's a slob. He, he never picks up, and he, he's always out, and he doesn't, he doesn't take care of me. There's nothing good to say about him. I said, there's got to be something. There's something the man does. Something must be good. Think now, what is there something good that he does? says, well, you know, he bries a good steak. I said, there it is. Hook on to that. Every time you think of him, say, man, he cooks a great steak. Just speak it. He's a wonderful man. He cooks a great steak. And then just throw in a few more things there by faith. And he cleans up after himself. And he's a great man. And he's thoughtful towards me. But you speak that. Amen. And when you do that and you start to bless, you'll watch the offense runs away. Hallelujah. And then number seven, pray, pray, pray. Jude verse 20 says, You beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. You've heard the word of God. You have the faith for it now. Now intercede. And he says, by doing this, verse 21, you keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ until eternal life. You keep yourself in the love of God by praying in the Spirit. Amen. Family of God, you go through this process and I can guarantee you when a fence rises up, you immediately kick into action and do these things.
Now, here's the thing. When you get into your car to drive it, you don't think one, put key in hold, two, turn hold, turn key. Isn't that right? It happens, but when you were taught, you had to be shown each thing separately. These things will, as you put them into practice, they will merge into a lifestyle. But the key is to keep doing it. And you need to keep applying yourself in it. Amen. Just close your eyes right now. Just lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Family God, I want you to realize that when God teaches us these things, it's not just because He wants us all to be very nice people getting along. It is Satan's intention to steal the word from you. And his ultimate intention is to... His ultimate intention is to so destroy faith out of your life that eventually you'll turn down God. But you're not going to let that happen. And you're not going to let offense and tribulation take you out. Because tonight you recognize, you see it as a weapon of Satan, and I will not allow that weapon to be used against me. How do you say amen to that? Now, I know many of you have been hurt horribly. You've been hurt deeply. And I'm believing God that there's an anointing here tonight that removes burdens and destroys yokes. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Some of us here have been carrying offense for a long time. It's almost become a part of us. You've learned to walk around it. And it's been festering. But tonight God is removing it. Tonight God is taking it out of your life. Once and for always. And I believe for a supernatural anointing. That is going to destroy that offense and melt it away. Here's the thing. When God forgives us of a sin, He even forgives the knowledge of that sin. He forgives, He removes the guilt of that sin. He remembers your iniquity no more. And I believe there is a supernatural anointing that actually removes even the memory of a sin. The same way how someone has hurt you, the memory of that will be removed. I believe that with all my heart. And if I've been speaking to you, you've been sitting there saying, yes, Pastor, and that's me, that's me, that's me. Will you come, get out your chair and come to the front here? come I want to lay hands on you and we're going to deal with this thing once and for all we do not need offenses to keep challenging us and taking us down hallelujah thank you for joining us during this episode of living life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans we hope that through this inspired teaching you had an encounter with God 
If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 